Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash w-a-n-t-p-o-w-e-r. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 270. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Master Certified Life and Weight Loss Coach, Katrina Ubell, MD. This is the podcast where busy doctors like you come to learn how to lose weight for the last time by harnessing the power of your mind. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. I'm so glad that you're here today. I have got a great episode for you. I'm so excited to bring you another episode in the Back to Basics series. Okay, today we're talking about urges and cravings. And this is something that comes up, you know, honestly, obviously for so many people all the time where they really are feeling like they're just kind of at the mercy of the urges and cravings. Like it feels like this thing that happens to them, it's out of their control. They're just kind of like hoping that they don't get an urge or a craving, bracing for the next time one happens. It's like, you know, the weather or something like you have no control, you're just at the mercy of it. And the best you can do is just like weather whatever storm happens to come. Or maybe occasionally it's a beautiful sunny day and you don't have those urges and cravings, you get to enjoy it. But then what do you do when those storms you know, come again, as they always do. So I first was actually, as I was preparing for this thinking, like, what is the difference between an urge and a craving? So I went, where we go to Google and looked it up. So the definition of an urge that I found is a strong desire or impulse. And the definition of craving is a powerful desire for something. So they're basically the same thing. So (laughs) I, I thought that was actually good to know. It's like, okay, we're basically talking about the same thing when we have those things. Now, many, many people out in the world teach that cravings are your body communicating with you. 
It's letting you know what its needs are. I've heard this so many times. I don't hear that so much with the word urge, but with cravings, many people, especially in the intuitive eating world, will talk about your cravings being super important, something that you really need to listen to because your body is trying to tell you what it needs. Now, that may be the case in some circumstances. I think that it's actually rarely the case though. So let's talk about those differences. Like, you know, do we just want to ignore those cravings and those urges all the time? Or do they sometimes have actually something to tell us and to communicate with us? So this is the way I think about it. Sometimes you'll hear someone say, well, you know, when I'm on my period or, you know, whatever, if I've just been eating vegetarian for too long or something, sometimes I'll have this intense craving to eat red meat. And then they interpret that as, you know what, I think my body needs some iron. And you know what? I think that might be the case. I mean, I think that that probably makes sense. They have some red meat and their body may just need a little extra, you know, boost of iron. And I think that's completely fine. Now, if you don't like red meat, do you need to force yourself? No, but I would doubt that you would have a craving for red meat if you don't like it. I think sometimes people even have cravings for like fresh vegetables or fresh fruit. I think sometimes our bodies just kind of know that they need like some fiber and some sort of like roughage and the vitamins and minerals that are in there. And I think that that's great to be in touch with that and to honor that and to really listen like what would feel good in my body today and to honor that. But where I think it starts getting really confusing and tricky is in thinking that, Whatever your body is craving, whatever craving comes up for you should be honored or met. So I've seen things where it's like, you know what, if you just are really craving chocolate cake, like, you know what, you just must need that. (laughs) And my argument to that is that your cells, like literally your physical body's cells, never need chocolate cake. Your cells are never like, you know, it would be amazing ice cream. You know, they don't need that. They they don't even know what that is. They're like, oh, okay, this is what happens when you get this huge sugar rush. And it's not great for them, to be quite honest. So I think it's actually really, really important to understand the difference between your body communicating something and you actually having a craving for something. I think it gets kind of confusing because, you know, in the definition for urge and craving, desire was in there. The urge definition was a strong desire or impulse. The craving definition was a powerful desire for something. Well, a lot of the desire that we experience around food actually comes from our brain. And, you know, that over-desire in particular, it comes from our brain. It comes actually from our thinking and it comes from our physiology just based on what our bodies are used to receiving. But it's not really so much the body necessarily always communicating. So if you feel like, you know, I'm getting a message from my body that I need to eat this kind of nutrient through this type of food, amazing, go for it. I think that is great. I think that the more connected you can become to your body and honor those messages by offering your body foods and nutrients that actually support it, I'm all for it. I don't know that using the word craving for that is maybe the right way to think about it, right? I think that because craving has this connotation for, you know, really wanting foods that aren't particularly nutritious for us, that it starts to get a little bit confusing. So for me, myself, I actually don't really resonate with the words urge and craving. Like I'm not someone who's like, I've got really like a a craving for whatever kind of food, or I'm really experiencing an urge to eat right now. I don't 
somehow those words just like don't land with me. I don't know what it is. And maybe that's the case for you as well. And if it is the case, I just wanted to offer to you how I actually think about it so that you can see if that maybe is helpful for you as well. Because I was actually personally confused about this for quite some time. And once I created this different way of thinking about it, it makes perfect sense to me all the time. I'm never confused about it anymore. And it makes me so much more able to properly identify what's going on in my body. So for me, what I have found is that what most people would call, would call an urge is what I call emotional hunger. And that's because I experience it as a feeling of hunger. It's not the same as the feeling of physical hunger, like my body truly needing food, but it does feel like a hunger. And so I would get confused going like, well, no, I'm hungry. It's not an urge. I'm hungry. And so that's just how I experience it. Now you don't have to experience the feeling of hunger to be having an urge, right? Because remember, it's a strong desire or impulse. It's a powerful desire for something. So you don't have to experience it as hunger. But if you do, you may also, like me, be sort of confused about that. So for me, that desire, that excess desire really often manifests as feeling similar to hunger. Now, what I have found is doing that work of distinguishing the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger it was, I mean, incredibly powerful for me. Physical hunger has a very distinct location in my body. It's much more like over my stomach and over the base of the esophagus. It will grumble if I uh, let it go long enough. There's kind of like an emptiness there. Like it's a real specific kind of feeling. Emotional hunger is slightly different. Now, for some people, it's actually quite a bit different when they are really getting in touch with what emotional hunger feels like. They realize, you know what, it's actually up in my throat or it's up in my face. A lot of people experience it in their chest and I do as well. So I will feel it kind of around like my esophagus. So you can see how it can get confusing if you're not really clear because it's a, it's like adjacent. It's like physical hunger adjacent. It's like very close to where I feel physical hunger, but it's not exactly the same if I get in touch and really dig in like, what am I actually feeling? Physical hunger often comes on much more slowly, especially when you're no longer a sugar burner, when you're more fat adapted. If you want to know what I'm talking about, come join me tonight on that wheel, get off the weight loss hamster wheel training because I'm going to teach you all about this. For me, emotional hunger comes on really, really quickly. It comes on like, it feels like it's sort of clobbering in me. It feels like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry where physical hunger comes on gradually. It is something that just kind of creeps up and you start noticing you're getting a little hungry and it's not a big deal. And okay, I'm getting a little hungrier. Yeah, I think I'd like to eat pretty soon. Where emotional hunger feels like you got to eat right now. Like this isn't, you need to go like into that pantry, go find something, start like going through the drawers, (laughs) wear something to eat. And it is, it is different. Now, to have a craving or urge, you don't have to have hunger involved though, right? So you may be like, no, it's more like a yearning. It's more like I feel like a magnetic pull to that food. It, it has nothing to do with hunger. Like I, I'm not even thinking about hunger. Like hunger does not factor in, you know? It's like, oh, I'm not hungry right now. Why aren't you having, you know, the chocolate? Well, I'm not hungry. What does hunger have to do with that? That's literally, someone said that to me once. And I was like, hmm, interesting. What does hunger have to do with eating? Hmm. <laughs> we should consider that, right? What does it have to do with eating? <laughs> so you may find no urge is like totally the word that t- completely defines it for you. For me, it's emotional hunger. So really what it comes down to though, is that this is all 
over desire, meaning more desire than is appropriate for how much food our bodies need. Okay. Because an appropriate amount of desire allows you to, you know, have whatever it is, like meet your body's needs nutritionally, and then you're done until the next time your body needs more food. Over desire is when it feels very, very strong or it's intrusive. Or I always like to think of it as like when you feel like, you know, the brownies are talking to you from the kitchen and you're upstairs, you know, or like there, you know, there's some sort of treat donuts in the break room. And between every patient, you're thinking about like, oh, did someone take another one of those Boston creams? Because I really like those, you know, like that's, that's over desire thinking about it too much. I do want to remind you that episode 252 is a great back to basics episode on over desire. So if you want to take a deeper dive into overdesire, definitely listen to that episode after you listen to this one. But this one, this episode's a little bit different here. So to solve for overdesire, what do we have to do? We have to reduce our excessive desire to an appropriate amount of desire. Now that is really what I teach you in episode 252. I'll touch on that briefly here in a moment. But what do you do while you're working to reduce your excessive desire and you're still feeling these urges and cravings? Like, what do you do with those things, right? Because it's great if you just really don't experience the urges or cravings very often anymore. But if you're still in a in the process of reducing that, what do you do in between? So you've got this urge. So like, great, Katrina, yes, I understand I need to reduce the desire, but what do I do right now? And so what we have to do there is we have to learn how to feel or allow that excessive desire. Now, for me, when I think about allowing an urge, I don't know why, it just feels very challenging to me. Like the idea of doing that sounds very, very hard. Like I told you, I just do not identify with that word, but a lot of people do. So so for me, it feels very, very challenging. But if I think of it as just over desire, more desire, like my brain's just confused right now, it feels so much more manageable. You can think about it however works for you, but I just think it's important to recognize that language matters. And it may sound like it's just semantics and like what difference does it make, but it it can make a really big difference. So if there's a certain word or way of thinking about it that really resonates for you, then that is the way that you should be thinking about it for sure. Super good. So what does it mean to feel or allow the desire? It means that you recognize that you are wanting something, that you're experiencing desire, and then you are watching it or observing it. You are not immediately meeting it. You're not feeling that desire and then thinking like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I need to get rid of it. And the way to get rid of it is by giving it whatever it wants. It's instead going, oh, interesting that I'm really wanting that thing so much. So this is something that comes up a lot with those who have the urge to binge. And it comes, I mean, I think of overeating as a spectrum, binging being on one end of the spectrum. And so if you eat more food than your body needs, I think you're on that spectrum, at least a little bit. So it really applies to anybody on that spectrum. It's recognizing like I have this, this desire, it may be kind of minimally powerful or strong, it may be extremely strong, as in the case for people who binge often. But what we want to recognize is I have this desire to eat that food or drink that drink. So interesting that I'm having that, like, I want to be curious about it. When you can step out of being the one experiencing it and move into that watcher or observer role, which we can do because we have a prefrontal cortex where there's like that primitive brain, desire, urge, craving, and then we can step out from that and watch it happening. We're able to disengage from it at least a little bit. 
you know, I think it's so good to go, oh, interesting that I have this strong desire. I wonder what's going on for me. Like, I wonder what that's all about. And try to identify what it is. Oh, interesting that I'm feeling this is a strong desire to eat and offer so much love and compassion for myself. I must be going through something that is you know, it makes me feel unsafe or difficult, or maybe there's some sort of fear deep down somewhere. And the solution that my brain is coming up with to try to help me to feel better is to eat something or to drink something like, oh, that's, you know, I, I, it's kind of like, like if your young child was like, I'm so sad, I need to eat something. You'd be like, no, food doesn't go with that. Like that doesn't make sense. That's basically that part of us is is the same things going on for us. We want to be offering ourselves that same love and support and curiosity. There's nothing wrong with you if you have a desire to eat. Doesn't mean that you're weak or undisciplined or something's wrong with your brain. It just means that a connection has been made between eating or possibly drinking and, you know, solving for painful emotions or avoiding something that you are afraid of or upset about. Basically, essentially, avoiding having to experience a difficult time, difficult emotions. When you start to understand that, you can even approach it maybe as like, I wonder how this, how long this will last if I just sit here with it. I remember the first time I did this. <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that for even after I'd lost weight, I had this period of time where I really had a, a difficult relationship with peanut butter, where it was just really very <laughs> emotional, hunger driven, eating a lot of peanut butter at times. And I remember the first time I thought, oh my gosh, this is emotional hunger. I don't actually need more food. Like, I wonder how long this will last if I just sit with it. And I couldn't believe how short it was, like less than five minutes. And for so many people, this is the same experience. But because we don't know how to approach ourselves when we feel this way, we are completely confused, completely going with our old patterns. And we just do the thing, eat the thing, drink the thing to just make it go away as quickly as possible. So if you can find that curiosity and take that watcher or observer approach, you can understand so much more about yourself. Now, what I have found with a lot of clients is that they're like, so I can't ever have the thing, whatever the urge is for, whatever the craving is for, I can't have it. And telling themselves that actually makes the desire so much worse, right? You can, first of all, it's a lie. You can eat whatever you want. You're an adult. You get to do whatever you want. Okay. So don't tell yourself you can't have something when you can. The truth is you can, you always can. So what I often offer to my clients is, you know what, maybe what you you can do is just notice what's going on and tell yourself, you know what, in a few minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, if I'm still really wanting that food, I totally can have it. But first, I just want to experience what's going on for me first. I want to get a little more curious, want to understand this better. If food still feels like the solution at the end of this, I can have it. And so often, because we are no longer resisting that desire, we're saying, yeah, I can have it, but first let me do this other thing. The desire actually goes away so much faster. When we tell ourselves we can't have it, that creates feelings of deprivation. The urges get stronger. So when you talk about like, oh, I can't have that, or I'm not allowed to have that, like literally don't ever, ever think those thoughts or say those things about yourself or to yourself ever again. They're not helpful and they're just not true. You're always making a choice. So you can say, you know what, right now I'm choosing to just connect with my body a little bit first because I'm trying to understand these urges and cravings that I have more before I move into eating the food or drinking the drink. And later, if it's something that I still feel a strong desire for, I can have it if I if that really seems like the right thing. 
And maybe you will need to have that. Maybe the best you can do is give yourself a space of a minute and then you eat that, whatever the thing was. Or maybe you, you know, can go a little longer or maybe you realize, you know what, if I, if I really do connect with myself, I can't believe it. That desire really goes away. I don't even want it anymore. Like it's so empowering. It feels amazing to recognize that. And this is how you start taking the wind out of the sails of that importance of food, right? How do we have peace and freedom around food? We no longer think that food is so overly important. It really isn't. It's important enough to keep you alive. And then after that, it's just there. It's just sitting there. It doesn't have to be so important. Of course, you can get some pleasure out of it, but you check in with your body. Like, am I really desiring this right now in in an appropriate way for pleasure? If not, you don't just eat it just to eat it because it's there, right? So this is what you can be practicing while you're working on getting your brain to cool off, as as I like to say. Like when you're eating sugar and flour-based foods regularly, the over-desire, this is just like a physiological process. It kind of hijacks the way human bodies are meant to be functioning physiologically and will make it your desire, your over-desire and your urges and cravings so much stronger. So taking a break from eating those on a regular basis does wonders at reducing your urges and cravings. And then if you decide to add those foods back, you can do it in a thoughtful manner. And of course, you know, work on any over-desire that comes from that. Then at the same time, you also want to be discovering what thoughts and beliefs drive you to have this over-desire. Because it's not just the physiological part of it. It's what we think about it. Just like I was saying, like, you know, thinking, I, I can't have that or I that tastes so good, but I shouldn't have it. Like all that does is create resistance and make you want it even more. So you can have whatever you want. You need to be real intentional and deliberate about how you think about food. Sure, it tastes good, but I could have it now or I could have it later. doesn't really matter. Or whatever helps you. What I am often reminding myself if I'm feeling like I'm getting into that kind of over-desire range is I can have this anytime I want to. There's infinite numbers of delicious things in the world. Don't have to have this thing right now. I don't need to sacrifice the comfort, the physical comfort of my body to taste this thing. Because sometimes, right, we eat and then we actually feel physically worse. In fact, a lot of times that happens. And once you get used to feeling really good in your body, it's really a bummer when you don't feel good anymore, whether that's because you just ate food that your body doesn't, you know, agree with or you ate too much food. That's something, you know, I overate for years and years. And once I finally recalibrated that, it's very uncomfortable for me to overeat. I really, really do not like that feeling anymore. So those are all the things that I talk about in the Back to Basics episode on Overdesire, episode 252. But in the meantime, we're working on those urges and cravings. You want to become that watcher or observer, learn to become curious about what it is that you're feeling. When we talk about allowing it, that means just knowing I can be here with this. Let me get to know it better. How do I even know I'm feeling an urge or a craving? Where is it in my body? What does it actually feel like? Can I relax my muscles and be with it for a little while? Maybe the whole time. Maybe it'll come quickly and go just as quickly. Maybe it'll be there longer. Let's find out. We don't know. That's how we deal with urges and cravings. When you're no longer afraid of them, when you no longer look at them as like this experience that you have to go to battle against, it really is not something that you're scared about. You're not worried. Like, what if I get these urges? What am I going to do? You just know how to handle it. You know how to work with yourself rather than against yourself. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Ready to start making progress on your weight loss goals? For lots of free help, go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources. <laughs>